Yes, this is EM Case's Best Case Ever mini-podcast series, and I'm your host, Dr. Anton Hellman. In anticipation of our episode on medical clearance of psychiatric patients, it is my absolute pleasure to have back on the show for, I believe, the sixth time, maybe fifth time, Dr. Brian Steinhardt from St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto. Dr. Steinhardt, let it rip. I can't wait to hear. This is this can't be your best case ever because you've already told us my, one of my favorite best case ever podcasts, which was Thinking Outside of the Abdominal Box. But you know what? I'm sure you've got many best case evers. Let's hear your second best case ever. So thank you, Anton, for this invitation. This concerns the presentation of altered behavior. And we all have dramatic cases of these presentations that turn out to be an organic illness. But what I'd like to describe is in this one elderly lady, three different presentations quickly that present different issues uh, each time. And I think brings out uh, how challenging these presentations can be. So this is at the time a 77-year-old lady, known severe rheumatoid arthritis, no immunosuppressants, self-sufficient, living at home, who developed a cough and a fever, went to the local emergency department, diagnosed with significant pneumonia, and put on IV clarithromycin for a couple of days with good resolution after a couple of days, and sent home on PO clarithromycin. And that night, the son calls me and uh, says, you know, Aunt Elsie is psychotic. She's hallucinating. And I was able to talk to Aunt Elsie. And indeed, she was seeing, I kid you not, purple elephants at the window of the condo talking to her. And I thought, wow, this is bizarre. I mean, I've heard ICU psychosis. Maybe she was in a in hospital that an elderly lady, otherwise no history of dementia, present this way. But I said, take her back to the eMERGE. And they did, and they worked her up uh, quite thoroughly and, and held her overnight. And in the morning, everything cleared. And uh, the consultant said, well, I don't need to admit her. Uh, everything's cleared. And the son gave her her prescribed PO clarithromycin with the nurse's consent. And lo and behold, 20 minutes later, she went psychotic again. They're like, there it is again. I, the, my God, they got in through the front door. There's pink elephants right here in, in this emergency department. They got from the condo to here. So very clearly, uh, this elderly lady had an idiosyncratic reaction, not to the drug, the clarithromycin per se, because she had received it in hospital in an intravenous form, but it was the non-medicinal preservative or the color of the food dye that made the red capsule or something in the capsule that had her go psychotic. Uh, So the quick fix, of course, was to change not just the antibiotic, but to make sure that the oral medication did not contain any of the non-medicinal ingredients of the original pill. She was fine. She went home. She never had any more uh, hallucinations, and she recovered completely from her mnemonic illness. But that goes to show how sensitive elderly patients are to medications, and who would have thought that there would have been a psychotic reaction to the preservative in an antibiotic pill? So 
the first thing we should be looking at in any patient, elderly patient who presents with delirium is the medication list, anything new, any interactions. Uh, and that's an interesting one that it was the preservative rather than actually the drug itself. So Aunt Elsie puttered along for several years. I must say she started showing signs of early dementia with loss of uh, short-term memory and was evaluated for this. Somewhere around the age of 83, 84, she started to deteriorate. She became apathetic, not really an appetite, wasn't engaging the way she was. She would just sit and watch reruns of old movies from the 40s. And it came to a point where she started uh, really being difficult to handle and reverted to her native German language, which she hadn't done since she left Germany as a child in 1938. So classic kind of deterioration in cognitive function and reverting to childhood kind of uh, basic behavior. And so she came to the emergency department by ambulance and was thoroughly assessed by uh, the ER doctor and blood work, CT scan, everything ordered, all negative. And he reviewed it. And I happened to then pop in and he reviewed the case and turned to the family. And again, I was in the background. They said, you know, and Elsie's just kind of reached the point of uh, having to be institutionalized for dementia. And I'm going to call the psychiatry service. And, uh, as he was walking out, he said, uh, by the way, to the house staff who had recounted the assessment, you mentioned all the vital signs, but what was the temperature? And the resident frantically looked through all the files and, oh, oh, I, I didn't mention it because it's not been recorded. Go get the temperature, he said. And it came back 33.4. Wow. The family said, well, it's a hot afternoon in July. Was Aunt Elsie exposed to any, like, cold environment? No, none. It's uh, no air conditioning in her place. In fact, it's often too hot. And he spun around to the resident and said, you get me a stat thyroid assessment now, and you add on a cortisol level now. And uh, lo and behold, Aunt Elsie was profoundly hypothyroid. I feel like a fool because, in retrospect, her... Decreased hearing was not because of any wax in her ears and her apathy, alopecia of the eyebrows and her bradycardia and everything else was, you know, a classic hypothyroid presentation. And Elsie got admitted with low dose, start slow uh, thyroid supplementation and, and I wouldn't say bounce back, but over a series of several weeks came back to her norm and was able to get back home. And she carried on for several years until... She really started deteriorating and not interacting and not accepting foods and had altered fluctuating level of consciousness. Uh, I know the family doctor came in and ordered blood work and blood cultures, and it came to a point a couple of days after this assessment before the labs came back to the family that she aspirated while being trying to give her daily medication or thyroid supplement, and an ambulance had to be called, and she had to go to hospital. Ironically, the coincident with this, the GP's blood cultures came back staph aureus, and uh, this information was relayed immediately to the attending ER doc, who immediately started vancomycin, big workup, and all 
uh, normal, but with the presumption that this was a Staph aureus infection and admitted, and 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 Elsie just continued to deteriorate to a point where she wasn't eating or responding to anyone more than just eye flicker and moaning incoherently at times and didn't recognize the family. And after several days in this situation, the difficult decision by family was to withdraw all active care, that this is the end. Some organic sepsis illness that was refractory to the antibiotics were, were, were just going to take Aunt Elsie away from them. And so this supportive IV intravenous therapy with, withdrawn, and she was transferred to a chronic care facility for presumptively a very short course and not eating for the first couple of days. A neighbor wanted to say goodbye to Aunt Elsie and bring the dog that she, Aunt Elsie, always appreciated the visits of this dog. And Aunt Elsie was in a common four-bed room, and the dog was startled by something and barked. And Aunt Elsie turned over and mumbled the dog's name. And the dog jumped up on the bed, recognizing Aunt Elsie from before, and, and started you know, licking Aunt Elsie and barking before the neighbor could pull off. And Elsie sat up, looked at the man, laughed at the dog, turned to the, the family member and said, I'm hungry. And this was the start of pulling Aunt Elsie out of her deep depression. And it was this somatoform disorder that was finally recognized as a depressive equivalent and the dog's interaction that saved Aunt Elsie. And that was 16 months ago, and Aunt Elsie is thriving, interacting with her fellow residents at a chronic care facility joyfully looking forward to going down to the dining room to interact and eat her three meals a day. So, wow. I mean, this just demonstrates one patient who presented uh, with altered behavior, all challenging cases, first from an idiosyncratic drug reaction, secondarily altered behavior from what was turned out to be acute hypothyroidism, and thirdly, an organic illness, presumptive staph aureus septicemia that turned out to be depression. So there's uh, everything packed together in one case. It's a challenge for sure. That was really quite a case, Dr. Steinhardt. To find out more practical pearls and pitfalls and tricks of the trade when it comes to medically clearing the psychiatric patient. Dr. Steinhardt's going to be joining Dr. Howard Ovens and Dr. Ian Daw on the next episode on EM Cases.